0: Broadcasting live from the farmhouse, this is the monstrous feminine a podcast where horrible humans talk about horror. My name is Zeba, and I'm joined by my farmers' daughters,
1: Mila,
2: Louisa, and Taya.
0: And this is our second episode of the month talking about hag exploitation horror. We will be covering the 2022 slasher X, directed by Ty West. Before we get into the film, go ahead and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, or the Apple
2: Podcasts app. You can find all of our links on our Instagram at The Monstrous Feminine Podcast. In the film X, a group of 20-something actors and filmmakers arrive on a rural plot of land owned by an elderly couple named Howard and Pearl to stay in their empty farmhouse. Unbeknownst to the ornery Howard, the group are planning on using the location to film a high-production porno in the hopes that it will launch all of their careers in filmmaking. One of the actors, Maxine, has particularly high ambitions, claiming she has that X-Factor star quality and deserves a better life for herself. Pearl soon begins stalking the group and develops a fixation on Maxine and makes various sexual advances. As the crew are picked off one by one in the night, it becomes apparent that Pearl is a kidnapping, murderous sex fiend enabled by Howard out of guilt for his inability to perform sexually due to his weak heart.
3: Time to turn our backs on sin and make i I'm nothing like you. Once and for You're all. A kidnapping, murdering, sex fiend. I'm a fucking star. The whole world is gonna know my name. I'm not... Life i do not Life deserve i do not deserve
2: stop fucking staring at me
4: would you guys do porn to be famous
2: no probably not i too paranoid about everything i don't even want to be famous never
1: mind do porn i would do porn not to be famous I don't know. It doesn't seem like something outlandish to do. I guess you need like a different carrot to dangle.
0: Porn isn't going to get you famous. That's what was confusing about this whole plot.
2: Then why are they called porn stars? Huh? Some people get famous.
4: I would not know who a porn star was on the street. I have never really considered that type of thing because the idea of anyone I know watching me have sex is the scariest thing I could possibly imagine. In a weird way, like sometimes thinking, oh, my God, my third grade teacher knows that I had sex or something is so terrifying.
2: For me, it's just like, obviously, it gets out and it affects your relationships with like anybody, not just romantic. I mean, and it affects like job prospects. It's more of like the reaction to porn is why I wouldn't want to do porn. Like porn would have to be my job. Like I have to
0: just like fully commit to it, tell everyone in my life like this is what I do now. I'd have to make a lot of money for that to be worth it also. Like, fuck fame. I would need a lot of money.
1: It's kind of the same as regular acting. Like, most people aren't making the right money. This is the thing about me. I don't watch porn. I used to, I feel
0: like, was an average level consumer, right? As as anybody is. And then just one day I stopped. And it does grind my gears that I cannot have a regular sex life. Like, people still porn is still a part of sex now. Like it just is what it is. I don't want it in my actual like sex life, but unfortunately it's very present and that's a big bummer. Um, But I don't not watch it for any like ethical reason or like, I don't know that I am, you know, concerned. I don't think it's like a good profession. It's not like veganism. I just don't, it doesn't like get me there. I suppose I have a very vivid imagination. I do things analog, and I just think that that is true to my personality, and that's fine. <laughs> and That being said, I've seen it. I know it's out there. I've surveyed the results, and it's everywhere. It is in everything. So even as a person who does not consume it, at least like not on purpose, I know all about it. It's like keeping up with the Kardashians. I don't watch that show, but I'm kept up, and I
2: know what the kids are into. That is a surprisingly profound comparison. I am exactly the same. I don't watch, I don't consume porn. I did when I was younger, but a lot of that I think had to do with not knowing my sexuality and probably needing to see a woman because when I tried to get off on myself, I was trying to think about men and it just funnily enough wasn't doing it. So, I think for me, like my age I stopped watching porn is like directly related to when I came out and like accepted what I enjoy. But also it was just I think just it didn't really, it really do it for me.
0: I try again every now and then. Every few months, I'm like, let me dip a toe back in. And I'm like, ooh. I'm not a toe, dot Pornhub.com. Enter. And I'm like, ooh, turned off. No, oh, sometimes I go on Tumblr. That's the only reason I still have it. But that was like what queered me. Tumblr porn is like a fine wine. Like Pornhub is like I'm drinking shots and Tumblr porn. Black and white gifs.
2: <laughs> yeah, the same thing over and over again. So you have to fill in the blanks. <laughs> yes,
0: or people write it. It's like fan fiction porn.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a leap. I think Pornhub is like YouTube prior to YouTube no longer being the Wild West. Like it's just too much. You don't know where you're gonna land.
2: I like a story, and not like a cheesy porn story. I like movies, like cinema sex scenes, turn me on. You're so right about movie sex scenes, though, because
1: something about like I sat here for ninety minutes the monstrous feminine is on twitter so please go follow and tweet us if you do engage with our content you might just get a shout out in our next episode as our witch of the week this episode our witch of the week is chris hay who tweeted in a real horror mood randomly dying for some gothic novels and listening to mild threat pod and the Monfem pod thank you chris are you still in this horror mood we'd love an update We'd love an update. Does anyone have a gothic novel to recommend to our listeners? Ooh, yeah. Mexican Gothic is really great.
4: I really hope that you're having a great time and maybe you had some curly fries or something.
1: Mmm, I would love some curly fries. <laughs> I would too, that's why I said that. Friendly reminder that we are also on Patreon. For £1 a month, you gain access to our Discord. For £3 a month, you get to hear cut discussions from my main episodes. And for £5, pounds, you get all that plus the opportunity to pick our themes, films, and discussion points. Please support us, any contribution helps.
2: As we were talking about in our previous episode, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, we were talking about how hag exploitation canon really conflates all the monstrous feminine tropes all in one. And we we're also talking about how each of the films we're covering this month being Baby Jane, X right now, and then Barbarian. They embody like a different kind of part or element to hag horror. And so for this film, I really think it's a lot focused on the monstrous womb. And we talked about it last episode in the sense that like postmenopausal women are like deemed as not... Useful or desirable in society, because their womb no longer has the ability to conceive, but it goes back to a kind of creed take on the monstrous womb when she's analyzing Christba as like the womb is an abject space. It's where a thing goes from object to subject. life is created um and I think hag horror, particularly in this film, it's like the epitome of death. I think we don't really talk about like Pearl's character in terms of fertility specifically, but I think it's like implied that it's like you know, there's no future in it, and it's like the epitome of death and decay. Um, at least that's how Billy Walker, Refinery Twenty Nine, puts it. They say that the film pits young pornographers against an elderly couple, reinstating the played out trope of sexually active youths against miserable aging monsters. Hag exploitation is a term coined to express horror's obsession with creating an image of an older woman as a monstrous hag. No longer able to produce life, she's seen as the epitome of death, decay, holding on as her body withers before us. And interestingly, Walker also says this is just like another form of objectification. Like if women can be objectified for being sex objects, they can be objectified as well in like older women in midlife. And they say that the sagging breast is supposed to repulse its audience as if it no longer is worthy of intimate touch once it ceases to produce milk. Our bodies are sexualized only when they suggest fertility. And the minute we can no longer reproduce, we become abhorrent. And the objectification may not be sexual, but it remains. The aging feminine form is still detached from the person who inhabits the body. And they're talking about that part where um, Pearl is, like, caressing Maxine in bed. And there's, like, a real contrast between their bodies. And it's, like, the most abhorrent thing about it. Obviously, like, she is assaulting Maxine in her sleep. Like, that is happening. But, like the most important thing is like the contrast between their bodies. So I think in that element, even though this film is not necessarily about like fertility, it's like there's an undercurrent of like once you're past, quote unquote, your prime, you're no longer like desired. I think this film puts it in a different context, maybe more similar to like Baby Jane, when we're talking about like stardom and sexual desire as well. Mila, you mentioned last episode. It is interesting to consider how it ties as an undercurrent of monstrous womb I do think Mia
4: Goth is giving a performance. I think this is just not my genre. Like not, horror is not my genre. Obviously, we have a horror podcast. I think this is not the sub-genre that I, I fucks hard with. So maybe if this is like really your area, like you would enjoy this more. But for me, I had just start like going into all the things where I'm like, this doesn't make sense.
2: For me, Zeba, your voice was just like, coming through every like every (laughs) so often which is a weird thing to start with it's what you say all the time which is like horror is sex I, I found this film just is that intersection particularly also with this idea of voyeurism that's like introduced with the porn plot even it's kind of like a meta commentary I think like obviously you have Pearl who's a literal voyeur watching them but yeah the fact that they are all like aiming to get famous um with the porn industry more broadly um as mark hansen points out in slant magazine there's this quote from wayne who says porn is no longer for the perverts and he's preaching about how the growing video market will finally allow anyone to watch what they desire in the privacy of their their own homes and then conflate that with like the idea of fame itself and there's like this kind of it is like exploitative like you know women that like age-old like discussion of like is it empowering if women reclaim it and are able to like make something from it but we're all operating in a patriarchal society so how empowering can that decision be um so it's like kind of playing on that and I think it's like that interesting like you introduce horror into it and it's like funny um for example like there's that point where Lorraine one of the characters is like Because she's trying to argue why she should be involved and she says it could be like Psycho because that also is an example of a film where like they pivoted halfway through and, and her boyfriend is like, this isn't Psycho, this isn't a horror movie. And it's just the funny reversal in Slashers for me of like, have sex then die. I think this is like a funny, yes, that does happen, that is true. But largely, all of them are dying because Pearl hasn't had sex. You know, it's like that Freudian suppression, which has become murderous rage. And we can talk about whether that's like a campy interpretation. Is it perpetuating ageist attitudes towards sex, even as it's, I think, trying to poke fun at it inevitably? Is it both? That's why I find this film kind of interesting, just on how it's like playing with slasher, how it's commenting on that sex and violent link. Um, And then tying that all to like hag horror, which I want to go in a bit more to. But yeah, I think that's kind of why I find it a bit interesting. And of course, we talked about like Pearl is obviously focused on like beauty as currency in society. She says like, there wasn't anything that he wouldn't do for me. That's the power of beauty. She accuses the younger women of flaunting it. There's that kind of female competition element in it, like we saw with Baby Jane. I think in concept, I really
1: like these themes. I think I must have said this before I don't know, know what, for what episode but I rarely like horrors that really really either poke fun at or play up the sort of sex horror connection and like you know intermingling because I rarely think that these films are like erotic enough not necessarily for the point to come across but I think it is like communicated well like you said there are a lot of throwbacks I guess they're sort of like retroactive throwbacks because it's like set in the 70s and then it's like throwing it back to 60s in terms of voyeuristic horror and psychosexual themes that were becoming really, really prevalent. Those things are all great. They're all interesting, but I rarely see it on screen in the way that I think would be more fun. Like, obviously, I think it should just they should really be fucking and they're not showing enough. The horror and the, like, gore is never quite matched with the, the sex and the sensuality aspect of it. They kind of pussy out. Excuse my turn of phrase. <laughs> I don't know, it always just leaves me a bit like, ah, oh, come on, you know? You, I feel like they could just do a lot more visually, not just in terms of, like, they do a lot of things in the script to, to make these connections. They do a lot of things in terms of the voyeurism and subverting it and the pitchfork in the eyes. Sure, sure, sure. I just think the actual sex... I just need it visually. I agree. And
0: that's true of like most horror movies that use sex as a tool. It's like we get a glorified make out before somebody is like metaphorically penetrated by a knife or whatever. They stop at a dry hump, at least there were some titties in this. But I agree there, there's room to push the envelope.
4: I think in addition to the hag narrative that is going on with Pearl as a character, Um, With Bobby Lynn, she is older than them and she has done porn before. And you see that she is weary of Maxine's ability to perform on camera and the sex scenes that she's doing with Kid Cudi's character, (laughs) whose name I don't remember because the entire time I was like, Kid Cudi.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it was a weird choice, wasn't it? But
4: he's a handsome man, I get it. Her and him have some sort of dynamic or relationship as well that also interferes with how she feels about maxine doing the scene with him
2: really i didn't
4: get that they literally were fucking when they weren't filming the porn like they definitely had some sort of relationship girl
2: no no no. i mean like i didn't get that bobby lynn feels any type of way they have that whole monologue about how they're like open to seeing their partners
4: yeah she's anxious watching maxine do it because there's the age dynamic and then when church mouse is like i also want to fuck kid cuddy of course her partner's freaking out and he's like why would you want to do this but also they help her in the sense of um they're like we'll talk to your boyfriend and Bobby Lynn explains that there's a separation between your partner doing a scene and them having sex with you but also they watch her perform the scene and they analyze how she does and compliment her but there also is the anxiety with them of how like youth and innocence and porn are also valued which is something that is strange to be valued in an industry that is based on sex. And experience in sex would create better porn. But Churchmouse doing the porn with Kid Cudi's character is like a certain sort of like innocence. So I thought it was interesting that there's also the competition within the people who were actresses in the porno. Maxine being younger than Bobby Lynn and... Church Mouse being like very young, younger, even younger than Maxine and also being very innocent and all these things that create competition within women within an industry also played out by Pearl looking back on her youth and feeling angry that like Howard gets to see these beautiful young women walking around the farm and that she's not having sex, but they're having sex. And there's all these layers of competition and anxiety about age and anxiety about how this person's youth or beauty or size affects the way that they are perceived. I thought that was an interesting touch and I do wish maybe it would have been explored more by the characters having more conversations about these things. But I feel like the beginning of the film is setting up for the porno to be made. We have the porno shoot, we have the kills, and then we have Pearl's um, preacher daddy being re in through a bunch of scenes on the TV. And then um, channeling and being like plot twist, Maxine is his daughter that ran away from the church. And so I think there are certain things in the film that I really liked and enjoyed that I wish that would have been fleshed out a bit more. Um, But I feel like all of the kills were in one part of the film. All of the pretext of like kind of getting to know the characters, but we don't really get to know anyone besides Maxine. And even if a character dies in the film, I don't think it's a loss to make the audience know a bit more about the character. I think it just adds to the storytelling to know more about the character. And we don't have to know if their favorite color is blue or green or their favorite food, but just giving a bit more backstory to how they got into the industry or what brought them there.
2: I do agree with you that her character and the religious subplot, it wasn't as fleshed out as I'd like it to be. I think like, I was a bit confused by the whole exchange between her boyfriend, RJ, and Wayne, porn director. When RJ is like, oh, no, she's a nice girl, which in and of itself is misogynistic. Like, obviously, um, Bobby Lynn and Maxine have been nothing but, like, nice. I are and- argue Maxine, you'll seem that nice, but Bobby Lynn's been very Bobby Lynn seems nice. nice. Yeah, okay. But, like, in terms of, like, they've not done anything. She's not done anything to anybody. And then he says, like, oh, none of them are nice. Like, there's no nice girl. And I was kind of confused by that line. Like, are you implying that, like, women are all corruptible is it like or is it like innocence more broadly like you kind of said is that supposed to tie in because she obviously takes a shot of her which made me laugh because it's cheesy but like when she takes off her church cross necklace all in tying in with like the religious reveal that Maxine is the preacher's daughter who's been like you know putting this mantra throughout the whole film that's been echoing about like accept the life you deserve avoid a life of sin and she's reversed that in her head and made it like oh I need to go through what religious people or like fanatics would deem is a life of sin in order to get what I want, the life I deserve, which is fame. Like, I think all of that was interesting, but I thought it was kind of quickly done in this film. I mean, I guess they're going to go into it more with Maxine in the sequel more about that backstory, but it's, yeah. So I, I agree that that was a bit underbaked, but again, I think the point about like ageism and, and sex and how those things, pearls the elderly our are, are hag, quote unquote in this film like her desire is like the most horrific thing about this film I think that really speaks to it like because really if you boil it down to it the, the whole the most terrifying part is the sex scene like that is meant to be the most grotesque part of this film but actually it's just two people having sex but we're watching like two like prosthetic caricatures of what an elderly person is have sex and that's why it's horrific you know it's making horror out of that but I think even as it's doing that it's Showing how we as a society are extremely hypocritical. They even have Bobby Lynn quote, like, everybody likes sex, queer, straight, black, white, it's all disco. But then, like, in the same kind of breath, she says, one day we're going to be too old to fuck. And it's like, there's like, it's like everybody can have sex off the back of the 60s movement that's just passed. It's like, yes, sexual liberation. It's like no taboo, like, societal tabo is off limits, except for in this film, like, sex past a certain point. I think that's like the interesting thing about it is like showing how much that is like abhorrent to us as a society when actually should be really normal. We just don't have a lot of positive representation of it. It's really interesting on that point. I also think it's really interesting to view how that ageism and towards sex does not correlate when it comes to men as well in the film. Again, Billy Walker in the Refinery Twenty Nine article pointed out that there's an age gap between Maxine and Wayne's character. I think like she's supposed to be like twenties, and he's like married and whatnot, um, and has like children. So like it's kind of once again, I'm quoting here. Once again, reminds us that the cutoff for exploring sexual pleasure is different for men and women. There was also I saw going a bit meta here, but in Kyle Buchanan for Vulture, they took like the top grossing like actors male actors male leads and they like studied the films and they found that as leading men age their love interests stay the same and it's not true of women like you know they tend to have like the same sort of age of their characters and stuff unless their like co-star was like someone with another like high star power like julia roberts or angelina jolie usually the actress or their love interest would be significantly younger than them all of that points to ageism towards sex as a whole and how that ties in with sexism and, like, what kind of desire is? Because it's interesting that Pearl is, like, the, the main villain. It's not even necessarily Howard. They're not given equal weight. I wondered why there wasn't a double. Like, why doesn't Wayne play Howard? You know, like, why don't they do the prosthetics for him to play Howard, that actor? But why do they have Mia Goth play Pearl? Like, why is there such a focus on, like, how women feel when they age? Like, the hag villain is put center stage here uh, which is another quote because it's all about fame i'm not saying that this is like the neatest execution of these things but it did make me think about them agree with
0: both of you louisa and taya about like i see what you're doing but it's not the neatest or like most insightful way of making the point that i know you're making like i feel like it relies a lot on us as the audience to fill in a lot of gaps at least in x And maybe that's because they plan to like do a trilogy or a series or however to fill in the gaps. But I feel like my biggest criticism is like the pacing is so strange to me. I mean, this is true in a lot of horror movies where like the last 20, 30 minutes are like this speed run of information and action. And I'm supposed to sort of like catch up with what is going on. But at the same time, Like, I think it makes like if they were exploring the aging of men, I think it would have to be a little different. Like, I don't know why we don't talk about like erectile dysfunction or like surely that has to be a subconscious fear that people have. I don't know. It's surprising to me that that does not come out in horror, that the hag is like, okay, I get why we're exploring the hag. The hag is scary. I get why Mia Goth is playing Pearl at all her stages, because yes, as we've discussed in the previous episode, there is also part of the hag trope is longing for your younger self. So it makes sense that her younger self is so present for her, and like that is what she is a vo- she's a voyeur of her younger self all throughout the movie. It's like grinding her gears and making her like especially triggered and angry. And the hag is like somebody who is like very angry, very not in control of their emotions. I don't know because also yes. Betty Davis in Baby Jane was also, like, I guess kind of forward in her sexual advances. Like, maybe the hag is also somebody who you fear is going to, like, think that you're coming on to them or that they might try to seduce you. Like, maybe that's a subconscious fear that comes out. I think all of that is present here. And if this is a movie that's sort of, like, in the tradition of the hag villain, then okay, fine. Well executed. But you're right, there are, like, other people aging in this there's like if you're going to talk about sex generally I don't know if like the point was made concisely enough for me like I feel like I was still entertained and I will watch the whole series once it's out and like assess it on those terms but I think that like the pacing was like very strange to me I remember the first time I watched it I was like whoa 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 and then it was over and I was like what that's it like it left me like really unsatisfied it was like better upon second watch but I still think the pacing is
1: strange something that it did bring my attention to was so we've talked before about how stabbing knives in general are quite a phallic kill and they are often this sort of proxy of of sex and and rape and it did make me think just with her first with Pearl's first kill of the director how I don't know because I have not seen I haven't seen many hag films I'm sorry to admit but I just wonder how they do characterize like how these hags are killing but it did appear to me as something almost masculine obviously stabbing is something that's just like throughout horror regardless of it's it's not always gendered but If we're talking from like, as we do, this race, psychosexual approach of the way that she stabbed him and obviously her desire for sex, it seemed to me almost like we were talking about how women pass a certain age and if they are postmenopausal, this sense that if they are not, they don't have the ability to procreate anymore. They, you know, what functions that they serve? And it almost seems like in a similar way that we say like the castrating mother is emasculating Male figures, and there is this fear in that that older women are kind of defeminized by their lack of ability to reproduce, and then it did make me just think about that in terms of the way she killed. The stabbing was like it seemed to me a tad corny. The red light stabbing over and over again. It just made me think about how hags are characterized. Also, just in terms of like, I didn't really, I do understand it. Like, she just wanted. To- sex like i I do get it but also i'm kind of struggling with that as a basis for her her, like villain status obviously like sex is you know unfortunately currency for women i just don't know if i cared that much that this old woman wanted to go and fuck someone not the best way to incorporate you know this sex and horror marriage that we that we like so
4: much it's another bioessentialism. like you think this old woman who's lived her whole life I, for one, have never been that horny. Post menopause, like, vaginal dryness is really common. Sex can be really painful. Although, a lot of people who say, like, older women experience, like, a second puberty where they get, like, very horny older. God,
0: not again. Please.
2: (laughs) When will it end? I said before that I like that it kind of reverses that slasher thing of, like, have sex and then die. I kind of meant in the sense of, like, from a slasher perspective but if you're kind of going from a mon femme perspective there is something kind of weird about this if we're going like a bit Freudian it's just like I think this film is a bit of a more simplistic Freudian take of like sexual oppression equals aggression I kind of get what it's trying to do broadly but that element of it was a bit hmm questionable
4: I agree with Mila it makes it almost dumb that she's killing these people because she can't have sex and is like angry about aging it just doesn't it doesn't necessarily it's like a very odd reasoning to make a movie (laughs) and I I kind of really wonder what the pitch for this originally was I imagine it's all going to tie in once all of the films are made but as a standalone film I think that this struggles to make sense without Pearl to give more background on the character because otherwise you're just kind of stuck with thinking like she went crazy because she can't have sex, which is kind of an antiquated way of viewing older women. And I know that the hysteria associated with sex was something that was discussed a lot back in like the 1800s and stuff, which is one reason why spinsters were deemed hysterical and this film is playing into that in a way of where i can't tell if it's critiquing it or it's also feeding into it by thinking lack of sex would make a woman hysterical enough to commit murder because other people can it's a bit of a a mental stretch i mean there are lots of movies where men
0: kill people because they can't get off
2: I'm not so sure that, like, it's realistic that she would be murderous. I think, like, it was thinking, like, let's take horror where, like, men harm women because of their own sexual issues, you know, and then let's apply that to, like, an elderly woman. It's just like a weird, quick gender reversal, which I don't know if, like, is characteristic of what I think how someone would behave. But then I would argue that it's also trying to be camp. So I think it's trying to make fun of these, like of how like we're so repulsed by old women and sex. But I'm just not so sure we are personally enjoying it.
4: The sex scene is weirder when you think about the fact that it's actually technically doing the thing that it's critiquing in a way because it's Mia Goth in Prosthetics who's playing Pearl. So it's still a younger woman who's acting out a, a sex scene with an old man it's in a very meta way it's still doing the very thing that like saying like older women are just not seen having sex
2: but i do think that there's a commentary to be made in like the fact that like it's a paralleled image of youth and i think that's an interesting point and i understand it was a means to an end in this in this film but there are people who are against like billy walker writing for little white lies now the article is called the faux feminism of the hagsploitation boom And they say that um, goth's casting as both Pearl and Maxine has no bearing on the film's plot other than to devalue older women by reducing them to a punchline. As we watch the beautiful, youthful goth transform into a wizened, shuffling crone, Pearl is not even a role to be cast in ex, instead reduced to a layer of prosthetics. So this critic is like viewing it as like a dehumanizing kind of thing. The fact that older women don't even actually exist if technically in this film. An argument kind of for it from Margaret Rorty for the film magazine says the film's dealing with the existential dread of no longer being sexually desirable and the decision, quoting here, the decision to have golf play both Pearl and Maxine is nothing short of genius and the scenes in which both characters come together are some of the film's best. With her dual roles, X becomes less about the vague idea of getting older and more about facing one's own reflection. It's about confronting the regrets of the past as well as the fears of the future. Their final confrontation is so compelling and Goth's performance is so show-stopping that you wish the two characters and the conflict between them was the whole movie. It's a bit of an over-praise of it, but I do think I did enjoy the, like, the idea of like the reflection on youth and the reflection on the future. I do think that it does raise some problematic questions as it does it. I guess also like the regrets of the past part of that quote is interesting. And it's kind of what you were saying in our baby Jane discussion, Taya, about like older women not being seen as as innocent anymore. It's interesting that Pearl perpetuates that. Like she says to um Maxine in her final bit, like you're not innocent, you're not special, it will all be taken from you just like it was for me. I'll tell everybody. Something like that. Um and I think that was f- weird, like poignant use of the word innocent. And I was kind of wondering about that aspect i think it ties into like at what point did she become corruptible and then how that relates to sex because is that related to you know maxine's porn career is that related to just the capacity for sex is she just calling her a whore and saying she's not innocent because she's resentful that she cannot longer have that i don't know it's all kind of interesting i liked the intersection of like having them both play the same character
4: I get why he had them play the same character. It's just to me, I I just don't like when they cast the same actor. I feel like we could have understood that Maxine looked like Pearl in her youth without them being the exact same person, but not in any way related to each other or even from the same town. Um, I think there are so many white women with brown hair and large eyes who could have been a younger version of Pearl. And there are so many old women who could have played an older version of Pearl. And we could have still understood that, oh, she looks like her. She had similar dreams without it being the exact same person. Because I think at that point, like, it's really hammering in the point. Making feel like horror around women's desire to be seen as sexual beings is something that, like, is a quite complex topic. And I think it requires more of a more detail than this film gives i mean as mila was saying it doesn't actually show sex outside of pearl and howard's sexual encounter which honestly it's not horrific because they're having sex it's horrific because of the awkward sounds they're making old people sounds Taya.
2: You know, I think the visuals are also, like, they're in, the prosthetics, they're exaggerating, like, how elderly people look. They're trying to make it so that their bodies look disgusting.
1: Hello?
3: You like scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie?
2: Uh, I don't know.
3: You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind?
2: So... We had our very first voice note submission from one of our May Queen pledges on Patreon who sent in a voice note to talk about this film and we're very excited to finally listen to it. Without further ado.
3: Hey, Monfem. I'm calling in to talk a little bit about the film X, which overall I really enjoyed, um, especially in its moments of homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I have a bone to pick with it. As a movie coming out in 2022, I wanted more creativity in the usage of the hag character. Although the film is at times sympathetic to Pearl... Overall, I think it mostly takes advantage of societal fears of aging and disgust of old people having a sense of sexuality. In the scene where Pearl touches Maxine in the bed, it obviously is non-consensual and creepy, but I think the visuals play up the gross-out factor specifically of her wrinkled skin and aging body in an exploitative way. Pearl's body, shown nude, is specifically framed as abject because it doesn't conform to what we expect a sexual body to look like. For me, this contrasts with the Hag character of Baby Jane. Although she is horrifying, she has a sense of agency and power that is magnetic, probably because of Bette Davis's portrayal. Honestly, I think using Mia Goth in makeup to play Pearl, to me, feels like a cop-out. I would be so much more interested in having an older actress play that role. I still really enjoyed the movie, and I did think that Mia Goth and Jenna Ortega both did great performances.
2: Wow. Thank you, Soap Sauce, for sending in that lovely analysis. I think we spoke about similar things.
0: I was going to comment on I think it's interesting that you, you know, say like the cop out for Mia Goth to be playing the older Pearl as opposed to an older actress. If there was an older actress playing that part, I think we would have to or the directors and the audience would have to reckon with a lot more and the movie would have to like naturally be more creative in order to like not just like feed in. I don't think at that point it would be so easy to like feed into the hag stereotype. Like at that, like when you're exploiting a real person's body, it's harder to like pull that off. And that's, I think that's why baby Jane is such a great example to bring up because those are older actresses that they, did up in makeup to make them look older but it lends a certain like empathy and like realism to the hag being portrayed where which is why i would say baby jane is a movie that although you know is hagification like we talk about i think is made with more intent to like make us think about how older women get in these situations and like maybe have a sense of like sadness or empathy towards them whereas like the hag in X, I think leans more towards the like classic, oh my gosh, how scary is aging Um, stereotype. So I say I agree with all those points. And I think it was really well put in your voice note.
4: Yeah, I agree as well. I think Cassie, an older actress in a film that is kind of talking about the fear of aging in Pearl specifically has this fear that Howard no longer wants her. He even has a conversation where he says, I still want you. Um, And even though his character has heart problems, she just feels like he doesn't have like any sort of intimacy with her, which makes her feel unwanted. And I think having an older actress in this role would have definitely made it seem less like hag exploitation. I think it would have been like a more sympathetic and interesting way to address aging and, like the body, because I think the shot of her body in this film feels more like a shock value thing of like, look how wrinkly and scary she looks. I think that could have honestly been cut out. And that could have been just maybe like a scene in which the older actress took off her makeup or something or looked in the mirror and felt sad or something. It makes it horror, but in a way that it's also critiquing how we think about aging. But also, while critiquing the way that we think about aging, is also buying into it by making a younger actress being this very dramaticized makeup.
2: Thank you so much, Soap Sauce, for sending in your thoughts. Everybody, you guys always have the most insightful views. Yeah, send us voice notes.
0: Join the pod. Get in the get in the coven.
2: Become a May queen on Patreon and. We will play your thoughts.
1: Thank you for listening to The Monstrous Feminine. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Spotify at The Monstrous Feminine Podcast and on Twitter at The Mon Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and follow us on TikTok at The Monstrous Feminine Pod for podcast clips and more fun. Brooms up, witches out.